welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Josh, where are you? Wait, come back, Josh. I thought we had a deal. Who's going to be my head coach now? Wait, wait, we already put this on Twitter. <laughs> We're social media, social media official. We already told the whole world that you're our head coach. Where are you going, man? I know, I know, you're staying in New England. But one day you were here. And then the next day, you were gone. Now you're just gone. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, yeah, Josh McDaniels was uh, here, and then he was gone. All of a sudden. That didn't take long, huh? Well, Pro Football Talk was making that report. We were talking about a Super Bowl where he might not have, like, you know, second guessing. Yeah, he was second guessing the the decision throughout the week, I think. And it sounds like even um, Indianapolis had backup plans, so we'll see what what their backup plans actually are. But yeah, probably going to be Dave Tao for uh, special teams coordinator for the Chiefs is the rumor. Is that the and rumor? Yeah. It's also the rumor saying, and I don't know because this is broke right before we started podcasting. That also that he's been assured that he will be the successor to Bill Belichick. So whether that's in 2019 or 2020, it looks like he is going to be the successor. I know he was given a raise. Schefter reported that uh, Kraft went in and gave him a raise. To keep him around, I'm sure he likes being in New England, stability, blah, 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 blah. But have fun have fun with all that when uh, Tom Brady leaves, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, what do you think? They're going to draft a quarterback, I would imagine, too, right? I don't know. I, I think at this point know. they have to. I just think he's trying to show up Bill Belichick. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you were the coach of the Jets for 24 hours? Psst. Bill, watch this shit right here. Uh, hey, hey, Colts, hey, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy I over there? Hey, uh, yeah, I'll be the coach of the not so oh, fast Craig, hey 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 uh josh can we tweet this out tweet it out tweet it out absolutely instagram it sir. out snap it out two snaps up get, whirlwind we don't give a rat's behind over get, here get the that, mcdaniels are moving to the dome get that presser set up for tomorrow too don't yeah. forget the presser yeah make sure you announce when my presser is i need a good uh mm-hmm. good showing here okay hey, hey i'm gonna fly back to new england now to go grab some stuff is that cool pack some bags <laughs> yeah i'll be back i'll be back wherever the presser 24 I'll, I'll, I'll be right back yeah I'll be right back. i promise He's laughing all the way back. Comes, hey, Bill, I was a coach of the Colts. <laughs> Eight hours, baby. Eight hours, beat you. Eight hours. Beat you. So, yeah, Josh McDaniels is not the coach of the Colts. Um, mm. I know people are going to say, oh, what does this say about Andrew Luck's arm? I don't think it has anything to do with Andrew Luck's arm whatsoever. I doubt Josh even knows the full report. They probably right. came in. Because you know when they came in, they're like, oh, Josh is like, well, what about Andrew Luck? And they're like, oh, he's great. Look at these doctor reports. He's hunky-dory. He's throwing footballs over mountains, for Christ's sakes. Who can stop him? <laughs> Who can stop him? Right. No, I, I mean, people are going to, you know, they're going to draw conclusions from that. But I don't think it, I don't think they're related. No, either. unless it's Bob Ross, I don't care what they're drawing. Okay? No, I, th- I think I think McDaniels just felt comfortable there. He knows the whole the whole Robert Kraft um, ownership, you know. Yes, he and, does. And the organization top he to bottom. He has a house there. Yeah, absolutely. His kids go to school there. Yep. Um, 
it's it's not old England, it's New England, which right. is kind of cool. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean, I mean nobody wants to live. Nobody wants to have a queen, right? Old laying e- around. Old England, they eat like fish so, and chips and stuff like that. Yeah, and she's so old. She's had she's owned like thirty seven corgis. 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 It's not corgis. No. Jeez. Yeah, well, right. jumped down. Jeez, like our that. friend has one of them. I think you'd know what it was called. He does love his corgi. Mm-hmm. I, I mispronounce words all the time. That's right. It's my uh, repertoire. Yeah, it is. Does that make sense? No. Did I say that right? No. It's oh. part of your repertoire. Well, I did say it right. Yeah, you just said the same thing I did. I said part of. You're a repetitive piece of shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Super Bowl's over. Super Bowl's over. Yeah, congratulations any uh, Philadelphia fans out there. You guys took it home. I wasn't sure you were going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, but. way to ride in your city. Very unprofessional of you. See, when we won our first championship in here in Cleveland, not a single thing went wrong. You guys are in there breaking the stores and stuff, so that's not good. Now, obviously, we know it's none of our listeners. Our guys are straight up straight up people. They're they're respectful. Guys and Absolutely. gals. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, congrats. I mean, I always – we were talking about when we were watching the Super Bowl, like we're always going to root for the team that's never won a Super Bowl because – Hell, our team has never even been to a Super Bowl. Right. You know, teams lose Super Bowls. Ours has never even stepped foot on the field. Us, our fellow Lions fans, and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars fans as well have never been to a Super Bowl. Who have been around for like 10 minutes. Yeah, they don't even count. (laughs) Okay. We're the dinosaurs. They're the homo sapiens of this uh, era of football teams. Right, sure. So now officially, if you go on my fantasy league today or – if you're listening to this, the first day comes out yesterday. Relaunched the 28th season. I got to go through all my leagues and update it to the 2018 season. 2018. And put all yep. the rookies in there as well, which means the officially now that the off season has officially begun for Dynasty Fantasy you Football. Start, start doing mocks, right? Yes, we're in the 2018 season. Yep. So you can start getting some rookie mocks in there and mock drafts with the rookies in there to see where they're going to go. See whether people value Saquon Barkley. Where do you value Darius Geis? Where do you da- value my uh, stud muffin, my my guy this year, Sony, Sony Michelle. Michelle? That's yeah. my guy. I just feel like, too, when it comes down to those two good t- t- guys, Geis and Michelle, it's going to be landing spot. And, you know, you see the report saying, hey, nobody judged Darius Geis on his 2017 tape. Go on his 2016 tape because his 2017 tape is mostly injured. And uh, that's all fine and dandy, but just, you know, I watch every – I keep getting back in that Sony Michelle – tape because i just feel like okay i gotta have a leg to stand on if i move this guy to my number two overall rookie no i mean yeah absolutely and when you watch him it just he he's just a dynamic playmaker have you had a chance to watch the alabama game yet with him nope okay yeah you should you should definitely watch that one he looks i mean alabama is probably the closest thing you're going to get to an nfl defense in college football i would say and and he looked explosive and looked fast compared to all those guys so Ohio I mean, state defense Right. No, you said Alabama's the closest. I said it's probably one of the closest, yeah. Um, who has who is coming off back to back rookie of the year in the NFL awards? What did, col- what college produced that? Did Georgia play Alabama this the year? Ohio State. Did Georgia University. play Alabama? How I mean Ohio dare State? you disrespect Ohio State? No disrespect meant that, Okay, apology forgiven. But Georgia didn't play Ohio State, they played Alabama. So it was like the closest thing that you're going to see. Okay. Sonny Michelle play. Oh, Sonny so Michelle play look, against. You want to go like, oh, so you're speaking in common sense terms. That's what I'm trying to speak. Oh, in. yeah. That's what people say about you. That, yeah. You know, Rich gets out there with a little bit of his crazy takes, but Matt's always the grounded one on the <laughs> podcast, and sometimes I lean towards him when it comes to takes. 
Well, which is kind of weird to me because you're wrong way more than me. Sure. I mean, you're not wrong very often. I'll say that, but I am almost <laughs> never wrong. So well, I would just say, even if you're wrong twice only, I'd be only wrong once. I, I mean, you, there's only one of us here that has crystal balls, and it's not and, me. And you're right. I mean, just go back and listen to my bold prediction show. I haven't listened to it. We did it since we did it. I should go back and reminisce on it and see how many I was right on. So I, I bet it was pretty good. Um, I bet that was pretty good. Yeah. I'd be wrong on a couple of things, I'm sure. That would be a good exercise for you, Rich. The only, the only go, ahead, one, go ahead back and, and actually listen to that. I know one I nailed for sure was the Alvin Kamara take. When I was like, listen, Alvin Kamara will be a running back one from what? one week six on. You always remember the good ones. Well, I, I did 12 of them or 13 <laughs> of them. I don't remember one of, any of them. Do you remember any of them? I don't. I don't make bold predictions I remember like you losing a bet about uh, Turdford, uh well, who knew that that I did? Obviously, no. What do you mean? Who no knew? one knew that Willie Sneed was going to be a suspended for three games for something that they didn't announce until the suspension, and then injured. Uh, let's go back in time and listen to the show. And I said, "Hey, I don't understand all this Willie Heat Sneed hype. He hasn't done anything. He's not really an outside receiver. I don't understand when Kenny." Uh, Ted Ginn's going to come in here. That's how the whole bet started. And I, you know, I was like, I don't understand when Ted Ginn's going to come here. He's going to outproduce Willie Sneed. He's better in what they need as an outside receiver. And you're like, well, I don't think that. I'll, I'll bet you on that. And I'm like, help. Oh, all right, easy money. Well, we'll see next year. You're a mark. You're a mark. We'll see next year when we make another bet. We will see next year. And I can't wait to win that bet, too. I'll I wonder probably, how many streaks of years we can go out and win these bets. I'll, I'll probably double down on Willie Sneed to beat somebody. Okay. <laughs> I'll take Sterling Shepard. No. What? You don't Heck put no. the Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram? <laughs> Get out of here. Did I mention I love these tight ends as well? Um, yes, you Ooh, know another tape I watched a little bit more of before no. we get into what we're, we're even talking about in today's podcast? A little bit more Mark Walton, and that's a guy that you kind of like yeah. a little bit more. I'm starting to get a little hooked on this feeling, too. Yes. Not a lot of tape. Even, uh, again, I acquired with Dynasty Nerd Mike, you know? The, nobody knows more about Hurricanes. He's like, he told me, he's like, yes, I liked him, and it really hurt the Canes when he went down. He's like, where do you think he's going to go this early? I'm like, probably pretty high second. But depending on where he goes on the draft and where he ends up, he might be able to sneak his way into the first, which might be a little bit harder with the receivers and these two really good stud tight ends with uh, Goddard and Mark Andrews. I think they're both – there's no way I see those two slipping out of the first round for me personally. Right, right. So when I push him back, he's like, wow, I'm really surprised that uh, his hype would be that high with just so many like limited games that he has played. I'm like, dude, I was like, just about the tape, man. He like, looks good. Yeah, he looks explosive. He's For a, a guy that's not huge, he's not afraid to, to take on you know the physical part of the game as well. So Intriguing prospect, he I is will intriguing. say. Yep. I said, I was like, you know, the combine's going to change. Draft stats going to push some people up, push some people down. And he did tweet out today that he will be a full participant in the NFL combine. That would be nice because I think he's going to um, – I think he's going to excel in that that sort that uh, type of format. He should look good. So yeah. he's a very intriguing prospect. Uh, again, these run all these running backs are kind of intriguing. Again, we still have the tiers, right? But we'll see. Landing spots, definitely Always landing, important. definitely landing spots, opportunity, all that good stuff yeah. plays a huge. You know, Sony Michelle ends up in. So what if like Sony Michelle goes to Indy, and then Darius Geis goes to the Lions? Then I think they pretty much stay the same, pretty much, where you'd still Both. have Geis as number two and Michelle as number three. Oh. But then if, if Geis goes to the Jets and then Sony Michelle goes to the Colts or Lions, then you'd be like, right. ooh, right. give me Michelle. That's the way I look at it. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And, and yeah, in those both those situations are so close, I guess, and we, and without knowing who, who the um, indie uh, 
head coach head coach be. actually is it's kind of hard to say exactly what kind of scheme they're going to run or anything like that true that um but yes we, we, both those situations are still pretty i mean they're both domes they're both uh you know they're both um kind of pass happy teams and stuff like that but they both need a running back that's one thing that they're both teams to protect their defenses just to have some balance they need to really upgrade their running game Okay, so let's get into today's show topic before the couple announcements here real quick. Uh, one, we are going to have a couple of shows, I think, in the next month that we, we're going to record, probably come out on a Thursday or something. Matt's wife has to go out of town, so Matt can't record on Tuesday, so we went to record on Wednesday because the world revolves around Matt. And honestly, I'm not doing a podcast by myself because I've done that a hundred times, and I don't like talking for 45 minutes nonstop. I mean, you've done it like 10 times, but I mean, okay. if you want to blow it out of proportion, go ahead. Okay, well, take that number. And, I mean, I was just kind of being take it, take that number, and then you know, quadruple. Just being facetious wasn't really like you know. I don't. We've only done two hundred. This is podcast number two hundred three, I think. So I don't know if that's even possible. Um, and also, let you guys know too that we're kind of working on some things behind the scenes here. We're trying to find out ways to overall make your bet dynasty experience better. And kind of make Dynasty Nerds just a little bit better, too. So we're working on some things. So if you guys have any ideas as well, we've really been working on this for like a month or so, kind of like haphazardly through the holidays and whatnot, talking with the partners here. What Like overall, give Dynasty Nerds what you need to win. It's the reason you listen to podcasts, to give you a little bit of edge on your opponents. So what can we do besides the podcast with the website and everything else, besides all the fantastic articles that are already there, to give you that edge? So we're working on trying to find ways to get you video content. Uh, of rookies and all kinds of other fun things possibly articles participation things and ways that we can be even more interactive with you guys um that you know most of the stuff we would do free but something things that we would like what would you be willing to pay for behind like a paid wall content it'd be great if you could email me at rich at com and let me know uh and you're like oh paywall i ain't paying for nothing listen man we've been doing this podcast for four and a half years and we got writers to pay and the taps running dry all right so, uh, yep. but we, so we're trying to come up like, so we, we always look at it when we do podcasts, like what would I listen to right. when we do our dynasty content, dynasty nerds, like what would interest me? What would, cause what would help? Like, I don't care about any fluff. You know, we cut through the chase all the time when it comes to these rookies and whatnot and all this other stuff. People want to fluff up, you know, all these statistics and data and all this, which again, that's a part of it and it helps, but it's like, I just want to know, you know, the cold, hard truth, man. What do I need to know? To make me my decision. I don't need all this other stuff or what somebody did in 1997 or what he did in this. Who cares what he did last? Different weather, different scheme, different opponent. Uh, so many different other you know factors. Right, I no, want to know yeah. about the player itself. So what can make me a better dynasty player? And kind of like we're going to talk about today. The season officially begun. So now that the 2018 season is upon us and the Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions, what can we do to become the Philadelphia Eagles? How do we win the dynasty fantasy football championship what can we do to better our team people ask all the time hey rich can you look at my team what do i need to make better okay you can tweak this and tweak that and it always it's always in a vacuum because every team's rules are different every team is different structurally and but the eagles are kind of like a good example of where you know besides like an alshon jeffrey on offense they don't have and they scored proficiently they're not full of like superstars, you know. They're JJEs, Zach Ertz, you know, the number one scoring tight end there. I was going to say, I was to say, I think Ertz probably more so even than Alshon is is the guy. I mean, I would say Ertz before Alshon is is like the the star of that show. Yeah, true but, story. But I mean, 
other than that, yeah, I mean, I mean, look at how many injuries they fought through and, and and just had another guy step up. So it's a it's a perfect example of of building depth on your dynasty team and and really making it a surefire uh, championship team. It, it, you have to have depth like that. Yeah, you gotta you be able to get through injuries. You're gonna have injuries no matter yep. what. You don't want to rely when Odell Beckham goes down. Does it really hinder your chance to win? Yes, but it shouldn't be the reason you lose. You know, right. Granted, now, the main focus here, too, is when you play Dynasty is, like Matt mentioned, depth. And how do you acquire depth? And that's through the rookie draft. That's why it's so important to draft these rookies to have that depth behind you. Guys that, you know, can get better and sub in when there's injury coming along, too. But you also do want to focus on your starting lineup. And to make sure that that lineup is a championship caliber lineup. Because we say it all the time, once you get past the bye weeks, you get to the playoffs – it doesn't matter how much depth you have. When you talk about all the time about trading, you know, those guys, you got to keep your roster fluid and we'll get that here momentarily, but having that fluid roster to make sure your starting lineup is where it needs to be. Because that's, again, that's what it boils down to. We say people will send us stuff like, man, I can't trade my guy, this running back. He's just too good. But meanwhile, he's your fifth running back mm-hmm. and you're never even playing him because you're so good. It'd be like me having right now. I have on our main dynasty league. I have Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon. If I had one more running back, say I, I looked into a draft somehow, and I say I, had, I took Cream Hunt later too, right. or Alvin Kamara. I had a later draft pick, and that's who I got instead of Fournette after training up. Then I would have to trade one of those guys because it would not make sense on my team to have four stud running backs like that, are, that are top 12 running backs. It does not make sense when I can get good value to my roster, even if it was somewhat – even if I somewhat slightly lost a trade. Right. No, I, I agree. But that also, that statement is also a statement that's like in a vacuum. Because if you build your team correctly, I mean, on the way up, you're, you you know, you build it with a ton of depth. And then when everything starts clicking, if you have four good running backs, but you don't have a major hole somewhere else, you don't have to get rid of, you don't have to get rid of those guys. I mean, it's. No they can sit there on your bench and you're not losing against them as well. I mean, there's more than one well, more so at running back to guess than anything else for sure. Right. I, I'm, I personally am as greedy as possible, especially when it comes to running backs. Just even if they're sitting on my bench, I'm not losing to them then in my eyes. That's the way I see it. Um, I can never get enough of them. Keep getting them, keep acquiring them. And to me, you, you just can't have enough. I guess that, that and if if you don't have holes other places, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as, I'm, as I'm doing this, as your chin stubble is running I, across the microphone. I know. Sorry, I, I need a shave. So get so close to that thing. I, I know. French kiss, I know. French kiss this microphone. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess in that vacuum, what you're saying is if you have this perfect team, but one, it's really hard to get that perfect team. It's hard to get about. there. It, I mean, it, it to is. have no single hole on your roster, that's extremely difficult to do. And where I would disagree, on running back, I'm okay with it because it's such a fluid position. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I'd still be looking to bolster my roster, whether it even be still to just acquire more draft picks in the future or whatnot. I would still try to utilize that because I would rather have, again, I'm talking about four stud running backs. If I had nothing behind that, then, yeah, I need four running backs on my roster. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But then I'm also looking for guys that have, like, you know, the Tariq Cohens, um, guys along that that are kind of filler guys I could sneak in there as well. But at the same time, you want to have the word fluid should be your dynasty roster as well. You should constantly be trying to, like, 
what can I do to acquire depth at this position and take some gambles, whether it be draft picks, uh, guys that you believe in that might be up and coming that you firmly believe in. But to build that roster, you got to have an overall solid team. We talk about this throughout the year where, you know, this isn't redraft, where you can just kind of luck into something here and there. Once you actually make the playoffs, there's going to be other good teams in there as well. These are teams that, unless your dynasty league is only about two years old, a lot of these teams have, have been in position to acquire depth or good players. And there's, know, there's like a natural cycle to all this. I mean, there really is. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah. Multiple times. Like it, you said, the dynasty nerds league is a little over 15 years old and that's, we've seen pretty much everything come and go. Right. There, there are definite cycles of these things. I mean, there should be. I mean, it's hard to just for one person to stay on top for ten years. It's it's not it's not like the you know the Patriots. Don't what are you what are you I've had a, yourself? Even my bad years were good years. But go on. <laughs> you missed the playoffs like two years in a row until this year, right? With pretty much the same team, right? But but this Injuries. is that, that's the part of it. I mean, like it just all goes in cycles. And I won three in a row, and now my team's probably a little bit older, and I'll probably have to go through some sort of retooling. My team's still good. I could probably compete and get in the money every year, but I'm not sure I'm where I need to be to win a championship. You got to do what? You got to retool? Retool? Get rid of the re part, and you're all dead on that. I got to retool? I have to tool? You're a tool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Good joke. Don't, uh, yeah. don't quit your day job. Like we so. said, you swing and you miss. You, <laughs> I, you can't get them all, but go on. Even on your jokes. I, I lost about, my, no, I lost my train of thought. I know, now. I do that often. I know, you, you cut me off, and then you say do, something I, weird. I interrupt you way too much. <laughs> well, that's why, I, that's why I don't try to talk that much anymore. You're, not, you're done? That's I'm it? done. That's man, it. go ahead, man. I, I totally lost my train of thought, for real. You're talking about retooling your team and how you have to go through the process of retool. Like oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to shave some of the older guys off my my, my roster this year. I mean, it's just going to have to happen. I, I, I've used up so many assets, and I've used future picks I, that I barely have any picks this year, and I've got an aging roster. So, I mean, I do have some youth, and I, I do have some explosive young players. I've, I've got a Tariq Cohen and, a, and um, Tyreek Hill and, and people like that. So I mean, it's not like the cupboard's bare, but some of the older guys, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna have to get rid of to to teams that are seriously contending this year. So, so let's, so in, and that's most, all part, of, that's all part of the cycle, I guess. On most dynasty leagues that are more than two years old, you're gonna see three different tiers of teams. You're gonna have the bottom tier teams that are rebuilding teams, which means they're just, they know they have no chance. All the old vets have got no room on their rosters whatsoever. They're trying to create acquire young players and draft picks to rebuild. Then you have the middle of the row teams that are constantly, you know, either just missing the playoffs or making the playoffs and getting eliminated week, week, week one, which is even worse than just missing the playoffs because you draft down the slot, uh, the draft slot. And then you have the championship contenders. So, you know, 12 man league, you're going to have four people here, four people here and four people here. And you'll see that pretty consistently throughout the dynasty leagues, that if you went and looked at just at random leagues that are over, say, five years, you're going to see a lot of those pretty consistent in those group numbers. Like, oh, can those teams really suck? Right. Well, those teams are like, okay, but they have no chance to win. I'm like, ooh, look at those teams. How the hell did you get Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Le'Veon Bell, and Alvin Kamara, and Tom Like, how do you even do that? Like, you see those teams. Like, how do you even acquire that? And it's just through years of grabbing guys at the right time, the right age, and buying low or not even buying low, just buying drafting the right prospect, choosing, drafting the right spot, choosing drafting. this guy over that guy right. because it was a long-term decision. Taking a guy like Cooper Cup over a guy like John Ross, 
True statement. Is a decision that could win you a championship here. So let's start at the bottom. Because when we start at the bottom, we want to get to the top. That's the point. Okay. So say you are one of those teams. You're a bottom dweller. You're in, a turd for it. Indeed. You've been there, right? I've been there, yeah. I've blown yeah. up and, and been a complete turd. I, I have a league. I'm in a league right now, and my team is uh, beyond bad. It's the worst team I've ever seen in my life. I personally enjoy the challenge of a bad team. I don't like the process of getting there because it's painful. It's a long, winding road. Yeah, but once you're there and you um, are starting to scratch your way back up, it's a good feeling, and I like it. And then yeah. you, you really have a lot of pride in your team as well. And, you, and you're built for – the best way to get long-term success is when starting from the bottom mm-hmm. because that's where you get all the youth yep. on your roster. And if you hit the right picks – and you inquire those in the right drafts as well. Like last year, if you acquired, if you put it into that class, which we told you to, hey, the 70 classes, you want to get as many of these picks as possible, then you're set up for a long time coming. Well, at the running back position at least. And <laughs> right, and tight end. Where like when you're stuck in the middle, you're constantly, all of a sudden your team's older, and then you're, you kind of slowly find yourself back to the bottom, but now with a lot of assets as it is. So when you start from the bottom, you want, again, you want to get rid of all older players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ball. You're getting rid of you're getting rid of the AJ Greens. You're getting rid of the Antonio Browns for for draft picks and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know why you'd be at the bottom if you had both those guys, but if you did have that's, that's either, guy yeah, if you had either one of them, I have AJ Green. I know one team that I have that's the worst team ever that right. I've ever had. I have AJ Green, and I, it's, but that's all I have. You're getting rid of the Rob Gronkowski before he retires this year. <laughs> he might retire. Did you hear all that nonsense? I heard it. He ain't retiring. I know. I'm not worried about him retiring. He he says all kinds of dumb things. So, yeah, you do want to trade. And sometimes people will see the position you're in, and you might have to, like, give a little. They're trying to take advantage of your situation yeah. is basically what they're trying to do. So you might have to hold out. Like, you just don't want to, like, at the same time, you don't want to, like, sell yourself short. Like, in that league, everybody's trying to sell me crap because they know I want, I'm in rebuild, so they're just trying to get A.J. Green on the cheap, and I'm not I'm not having it. Right, just go down. You know? I mean, sometimes you just got to go down with the ship on yes. on. On just straight morals. <laughs> so if you can't acquire 2018 draft picks for these guys, then you hold out till end season, and they have no doubt back and go down, and then you try and get something from right. them. You know, then that's what you have to do. Don't ever. The point of that is, don't ever sell yourself short. Right. They're they're trying to get you while you're down, but really you just have to wait till the situation flips and and, and put it on somebody else when they're desperate. And don't and don't just take the best offer. You get. For, I made a mistake in the league that I am in terrible in. I got so frustrated with this league and the offers I was getting. I sold Rob Gronkowski for the number six overall rookie pick, which was Mike Williams. So I sold Rob Gronkowski for Mike Williams, which is not a good trade in hindsight. But I was just so frustrated. I wanted. I needed an extra draft pick out of that class. I was like, you know what? I need youth. I like Mike Williams. I know he's injury prone, but let's see where he gets me in three years. Anyways, Gronk won't be around for my team in three years. As right. It is. So that was a position where I took the best offer I can get. Now, in hindsight, if I would have held out during the season, I probably could have got a first-round pick this year, which would have been the sixth pick. But doesn't necessarily mean Mike Williams would be a bad pick, even though we moved him down to the second round of our rookie draft. But again, I made a rash decision. I've been playing Dynasty forever. I'm experienced. I still let that get the best of me. As soon as it's over... I regretted it. You felt bad. It's one of the only times I ever made it. Right, but, but I mean, by, it's how frustrated I was. Well, you also love Gronk, so I'm sure that was very hard to do. Yeah, yeah, but I have him in lots of leagues, so it's not like a... Right. You know, there's certain leagues you put ahead of others. Indeed. To say. And, uh, but at the same time, I, I, I made that decision in hindsight probably wasn't the best decision. And the reason it wasn't the best decision is not because I got Mike Williams turns good, is I could have got more. No, I mean, everyone, I think everyone's made trades that they've instantly regretted, but in the long term probably turned out to be all right. You know, like four or five years from now. I mean, 
you'll you'll definitely be happy you did that. I mean, it's going to take a while for you to get there, but uh, I I think Mike Williams will at least be a serviceable serviceable wide receiver. And like you said, when you if not more, I mean, if not more, I think he can be explosive. Yeah, he can be number one. Yeah. Uh, When you do start on a bottom, like you said, it takes a couple of years. It does take a couple of years. And a couple of years is like a lifetime. That's why I hate when I say, when I read in Dynasty, when people go, oh, he's only got like two, three years left. And it's like, dude, that's so long. Two to three years is a a really long time in real life and especially in Dynasty. But, I mean, I I personally, I really, I enjoy that kind of stuff, man. I like scraping and yeah and the, the hey this guy's gonna be good in two years and you're and you're dumping all the 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 old crappy guys that you don't you're not gonna care about in two years and you're just throwing all your eggs in all these like young guys baskets and yeah a lot of them are gonna flame out but the the ones that don't you just feel really good about you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have like a bond for life with that guy you know and and for as long as that guy's six seven years is in the league you know he's gonna be your guy had Drew Brees for 15 years, right, man. Right. Love that dude. Favorite quarterback in the NFL. Absolutely. One of the favorite quarterbacks ever. So when you're starting to bottom, like we said, so it's easy. you got to be trying to make moves. you got to start hitting on your draft picks. you got to make sure you make quality moves. If you know, So if you missed out this year, and like say your team's bad, you're at the bottom, but you don't have the worst team because that team in front of you is even worse, so you have the second, third round pick. Well, don't be upset that you're not getting Saquon Barkley. You're still getting a guy, like we mentioned, Darius Geis or Saquon Barkley. Like I said, we never know. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Yeah. And, you know, in the second round, there's going to be quality guys here. You might be able to get maybe somehow Dallas Goddard slips or a guy like Mark Walton. Yep. You know, is there yeah. for all, you. And you get a guy like that. All these guys are for sure. These second are all round. guys that are going to be franchise building guys. And then the third round, I mean, again, some of these guys we're going to talk about in our, in our rookie content is going to get you those little pieces that we need. And we always look at, we talk about it. People are always thinking when they're picking the top, like, I'm going to get that next Julio Jones. I'm going to get that Antonio Brown. When that never works out. We've talked about it before. There's only a handful of elite players out there. And for the most part, a third of those guys are old. And we're talking about the, the whole entire NFL. So, right. Oh, absolutely. You, everybody's always trying to get that next Todd Gurley, that next DeAndre Hopkins. Those guys don't come around. And guys even like that sometimes take time to develop. We mentioned Mike Williams. People want to throw Mike Williams from the wayside. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't a 1-1 receiver or the 1-3 receiver overall for the last couple of years. Odell Beckham wasn't the even Odell Beckham wasn't even the number 1 receiver in his draft class. Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans went above Odell Beckham in the draft. Yeah, yeah. In in the rookie drafts even right. though too. Some mm-hmm. people were taking Devontae Adams ahead of Odell Beckham in rookie drafts, okay? Absolutely. So you never know where these guys are going to come. It's not guaranteed we were talking about Sammy Watkins like he was guaranteed I love Sammy Watkins so much coming out of Clemson to me he was a can't miss product he hasn't done anything at all for your dynasty roster he was a can't miss product Mike Evans had a great year he hasn't done much that he didn't do anything last year to help your dynasty team win a championship whatsoever nothing you know these guys take time to develop and nobody's a can't miss and when these guys do come into fruition you just don't know who they're going to be you don't know where the next stud is going to come around. So, you guys, again, you want to get so many assets, not just to help your dynasty league get it wrong, but just to hope to find that diamond in the rough because there's only so many of them. When you do these rookie startups, we talk about it all the time. You get to the third round, fourth round, which is super early. We're talking about you know player number 40 overall. You're starting to go, ugh. 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 Do I have to? <laughs> so if you have multiple top 30 guys on your roster, 
That's where you want to be. You're Those doing, are the guys yeah, you're you doing want. Good. Yep. You're doing very, very well. I love every time I do a dynasty startup draft, and I go through, you know, and we're in the second round, and like five of my guys have been drafted already. I'm like, ooh, look at me. I know, I know. Look that's, at me. That's what I. That's why I love pulling up like the full player list and just seeing how many dudes I have in like the top, top forty. You know, if it's if it's like if you have like eight or nine guys in the top forty, you're doing pretty you're, good. You have a chance to win a championship. Yeah. So say you can't. Say you're in the bottom and you can't trade for one of these high draft picks. Because they are. The draft picks are harder harder to come by because people always think they're going to get the guys that we just mentioned, which are not going to come to fruition. And when we, those guys are there, we talk them up like they're huge. Guys like Zeke Elliott. Guys like Saquon Barkley. Guys like Todd Gurley are talked about that because they can't miss. And they, they're hard to come by. Mm-hmm. But they usually go to the bad teams and it takes a while for them to develop. Don't be afraid to trade for the guys that people – you know, either just drafted in the last two years and they're not giving people immediate results because that's what people expect. And we talked about guys like DeAndre Hopkins, guys like back in the day, Andre Johnson, who started his year off slow. A lot of those guys take a couple of years to come to, into their own. We talk about it all the time, but some people, so many people are willing to give up on them. Guys like Mike Williams. Mike we just Williams, talked about yeah, him. absolutely. If you're in rebuild right now, I'm trying to acquire Mike Williams. His value is so much lower than it was one year ago today where he was his fifth, or six overall rookie drafted in one of the strongest classes that we've seen. You can probably get Mike Williams for a pretty high second-round pick and maybe something else. You might be able to get Mike Williams for a LaShawn McCoy, if possible, if the guy needs running back help, an older bet. Maybe you can get him for Larry Fitz and something. Maybe you can get him for uh, a Rob Gronkowski, and maybe you can get uh, a tight end off him and Mike Williams. Sometimes you can try and make Mike Williams a secondary. Those are guys that I'm trying to go after. Guys that were high draft picks before that, you know, people are giving up on already way too early for no reason whatsoever. Guys that we were talking about kind of last year that we were kind of big on, but nobody is too big on. A guy like, here's another guy, like, just from last year's class, you might be able to get for a decent price, Adam Shaheen. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Nagy comes into yep. the things. He loves to utilize his tight ends like a like a, uh, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Yep. He's going to come in. He's going to utilize his tight end. Who does? They don't even have receivers on the roster anyways. A guy that we know needed know need time to develop, maybe he comes in and helps out a little bit. Guys like that, guys that I think I can get for good value. A guy like George Kittle, who showed a lot last year. Absolutely who we think is totally going to be a tight end one going forward in the yep. future. How? What do I have to do to get George Kittle? Now, granted, now these guys that own him might be, be in the same boat as you. Right. But every, guys like that are obtainable. They're, 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 you can get guys like that. I think that. Shaheen more than Kittle because I think Kittle I think Kittle showed too much to be like a He's definitely sneaky, hard to come by. Yeah, like a sneaky guy to kind of go out and snag. I mean, even even guys like Laquan Treadwell, I'm still taking a shot on that guy. I know that I know he hasn't done anything, but he at least showed some signs of life here and there um, this past year. And he's going into his third year. I mean, this is this is typically when wide receivers either make it happen or don't. So, I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, come to fruition this year i don't have a problem getting rid of the guy now but for the price that he is i mean you could get him for during a rookie draft for a third round pick probably oh yeah you might be able to get him less for that i mean yeah. that's now that's one guy i'm kind of like mm. i mean he's behind so many you know two really good players so it's hard for him to get on on the field Corey davis is somebody i'm trying to buy here yeah. who has a really strong high future again he didn't show much last year but that means nothing to me whatsoever. Right. I'm still trying to get him. You know, if I have a guy like on my roster, say I have AJ Green, Devontae Freeman, like those are my two best players. 
Like, I'm getting rid of both those guys, definitely like a Devontae Freeman, and trying to get like a Corey Davis and then something and an extra first to add on. More capital, more capital, more capital, more capital to youth because you need somebody to be 20, pretty much 25 years or younger when you're in rebuild mode. True statement. Uh, have the have the uh, Titans gotten a – have they announced their, their uh, offensive coordinator? Oh, uh, the Titans' offensive coordinator is um, – Matt LaFleur? Matt LaFleur, that's right. Dude, that uh, the ex-coordinator for the Rams. I think he worked with um, Kyle Shanahan as well with Atlanta and Washington. There you go. Corey Davis, wide receiver one. Done. So, so I mean, delivered. yeah, I mean, it's all good. It's all, that's good stuff for, for his value for sure. Okay. So, and again, and I want to get to this too. Once, it's actually, there's a good way once you get to the top in Dynasty as well. So, once you get out of this bottom here, you get a top. It's not, there's a lot of ways to stay at the top once you get up there and you build a nice core. And we'll talk about it when you get there. But the key is to get to the top. You got to do everything you can to get to the top and draft right. You know, draft right, draft right, make trades, constantly be fluid with your team. That's the best advice I can give you is if you feel like you can get good value for a player, take it. If you get a foundation piece, keep them. Don't trade the foundation piece. When you get these young guys, you know, a guy like, Alvin Kamara, a guy like Zeke Elliott, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Those are the guys you want to build your foundation on. You don't really want to trade these guys. There's only so many of those guys that go around. Same reason we were preaching. I preached Devontae Adams so highly because of you. Right. Oh, yeah. In position. It's, it's, is he the best receiver out there, even though he's going off back-to-back wide receiver one years? You know, probably not. But he's in the best position, right? You could be the best player in the world, and you're in a bad scheme, bad system. It ain't helping you not, nothing whatsoever true state so i mean it really is that simple too when it comes to the bottom teams right it's i mean it's you want to acquire youth it's dynasty and you want to get as many draft picks as possible more bullets you have in the gun better chance you have to hit the target i mean i my basic strategy and this is very basic is when you're at the bottom do everything you can to just acquire and get you know hit the waiver wire do everything possible to get as many young good players on your team and then kind of on when you're on your way up don't be afraid to pull the trigger and get rid of a couple of the guys and package a a few guys that could be good in the future for a one for one really proven guy if you're getting ready to take that next step if you're getting ready to be a championship team don't don't be afraid to pull the trigger and use some of your assets because that's what they're they are they should be assets in your eyes well other people are attracted to that all that youth they've acquired and other people want youth remember when it comes to the eyes of dynasty owners youth is overly right. sexy absolutely and by overly sexy i mean people put a lot of value on that or sometimes it could be overvalued kind of comes back to draft picks definitely don't be afraid to use your draft picks as well definitely when you have these high picks we talk about this as well when you're in the bottom if somebody we talk about the hitting on that player to get that next DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, if you have pick three or four and the draft finally comes around and people are getting overly hyped on these players thinking they're going to get the next guy like that and they're going to offer you a guy who's not old, say, I think a good example here is a guy like Jarvis Landry, right? Mm -hmm. If you can get a guy like Jarvis Landry for your pick and maybe something else like garbage, you know, something that more important, you always take that proven player over the draft pick, you know? It, there's nobody in here you want to take that because sometimes people do things like that they they'll trade a guy who's not old 
I'll give you Jarvis Landry my first round draft pick for you know to move up five six spots or something like that. Give me your first and second to the I want the two high picks. I'm I'm just I'm in rebuild, and you'll see people like that too when they. I don't understand this as well when you. I see this on Twitter all the time. Like oh I'm in rebuild and they're trading away guys like Jarvis Landry. It's like no dude no. no." You can have Jarvis Landry on your team for the next. He's a rebuild stone. Right again, if you're under the age of probably like. Every position is different. Every position is different. That's Correct. the thing. It, it's you know, if if you're a wide receiver and you're 27, you can still be built around. Yes. If you're a running back, get rid of them. Because again, you're if running, you're a quarterback, that's a foundation you're, piece. You're and thinking you, three yeah. years ahead. Yeah, so absolutely. where's so the best way to look at this when it comes age wise? Where's he going to be three years from now? Will he help me win the championship three years from now when I plan on competing? You know, I listen to Nine Center's podcast. I get these rookie breakdowns. You know. I, they've been nailing these rookie picks. I'm going to use this as my base platform to get where I need to be. Where is he going to be three years from now? Okay, my 26-year-old running back might not be where I need him to be. Meanwhile, my 26-year-old wide receiver is exactly where I need to be. I'm not trading this guy unless right. somebody overpays for me or gives me the value that I think think is deemed suitable for the return. And most of that's not going to be draft picks because why? Remember, when you trade away a good player like that for draft picks, you're creating a hole on your roster. Now, all of a sudden, you trade away a guy like Jarvis Landry. Guess what? Now you need a receiver well, you're, who you're going to draft. The thing it's is, going to take three years to develop. The thing is, what, you, what you're really doing is you're assuming the risk. The, per, the person that is giving you draft picks, which are risky, and give, and getting a player, he just he pushed all of his risk, which is all his draft picks, on you and took all the sure things, which is the players that have a proven track record. So, I mean, you don't – There, there's a there's – a, you have to be – everyone's different in their risk um, tolerance, basically. And, um, you know, on the way up, you can you – can, or when you're at the bottom, you can be – you can have more risk. But when you're on your way up, you want to start eliminating the risk as you go. And the way you do that is trading picks for players, going the opposite way, and, and getting less risky and, and, and really just – honing in your whole team until you're you're that perfect point so you're saying you know when you're in the bottom take the risk you have a little you you have nothing to lose right exactly you got nowhere to go but down at that point i mean if you're being risky and you miss on a player it's not like it's going to really affect your long-term outlook all that much but i mean as you're as you're creeping up you want to start eliminating risk and, and start getting more sure things in order to really build that 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 mountain when you're getting close to the getting, playoffs, getting there. all the way to the top, you know, get to that point. It's kind of like almost like a two way balance too. like well, before we get to the middle here and it shows you exactly why you don't get to the middle. When you start getting to the middle and you're going up there, it's like, yeah, okay, I can't take more risk here because I got to hit. So I'd rather take this proven player even because then when you're in the middle, you can start taking players that are 28, 29 because one, they're locked in. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some people know most people expect your draft pick to be lower Anyway, so they'll trade those players for draft picks because you've had back, these multiple back the years, even though you know you're on the cusp. But then when you do get to the top, too, it kind of opens that up as well because when you get to the top, you could take more risk as well because you're already at the top. And you can gamble on some of these players like that you think are draft picks. You need the youth as it is anyways. And you already have a championship-caliber team, and you should have some depth behind that. Perfect, perfect example. I was on my way up um, before my, my um, you know, three-peat. And I was having a hard time acquiring or or getting like a, a, a quality second running back. So I went out and I and I traded a you know I think I traded like Eric Decker and something else to get Frank Gore, who at the time was about twenty eight years old. 
and who knew I didn't know he was going to play another three or four years at that time. I, I saw it as a very short term thing, but he was enough that he could be my every week starter. And, and as, uh, as my team was building, it didn't make the need. It, it didn't force me to draft a guy every year, even though, you know, even though maybe he wasn't the best player on the board, I was always trying to draft a, trying to draft a running back, trying to get that second running back. That's for one of my the roster, worst so dynasty mistakes you can make. Exactly. So, so that alleviated a lot of the pressure, and then I was able to basically get guys that fell into my lap type of guy. I mean, I got a Demarco Murray and all all these other type of guys, but they weren't quite developed yet, and and it kind of gave them time to develop. The Mark Ingram, who was a late bloomer as well, and really both those guys came in at the same exact time, and then I also got a Devontae Freeman, you know, that fell right on my lap, basically right in the middle of that run. So. I mean, it, it's it's just it's just a nice little strategy that I, that I've picked up over the years. And it shows you never take you should never put yourself in a position to have to draft a guy because you have no oh, you know the best clear best player here is this receiver. Well, I don't need a receiver. Well, you should, uh, I'm going to draft this running back yeah. who you know you shouldn't be drafting right. in the first place. You draft the receiver. You take the best player there. We say we're going to talk about when we do these rookie mocks whenever you know unless the players are like one you know seven eight or between seven and nine. And not seven and fourteen. Right. You take the seven. You take the eight because you can always take that player and flip them later for a running back position of need. Don't ever draft for need. It can hurt your team. You want to take the best players available because the more assets, like you said, will put you in a better position to succeed. Right. In the long run down there. And again, some of these old players in dynasty, people undervalue them too. They just throw them by the wayside because they're old, and they'll trade them for. Nothing. I mean, Brandon Marshall up until this year when these wheels fell off, I think people discounted him for probably about three years before that, you know, and and he was a guy that Larry Fitz. Yeah, Larry Fitz. I mean, he's consistently a wide receiver one, but people are just throwing him by the wayside. He's going to retire next year. Yeah, look at Larry Fitz this year. I mean, I'm sure. I'm for sure that he won some people some championships because he they probably got him dirt cheap and they they plugged him in. They thought, hey, he'll be a good wide receiver three this year, and he far exceeded those um, those numbers. So let's get to the middle. Yep. All right, because we're going to have some time here. So obviously there's more strategy to do when you're on the bottom. But those are some good foundation yeah, right. rocks for you. You're stuck in the middle. <sighs> Three years straight, you're finishing with either anywhere from the sixth to the eighth pick in your rookie draft. You look at your team and say, oh, I'm kind of close. Everybody else looks at your team going, hey, you, you got, no, you chance. got no chance. You got no chance. this team is always going to be stuck in the middle. We won't spend a lot of time in the middle because it's – pretty simple it's the worst place you want to be if you're stuck in the middle for three years in a row row you blow it up yep you absolutely blow it up maybe you have a couple pieces on there that are foundation and again when we say blow it up it doesn't mean get rid of every single player on your roster that's not what it means it means maybe if you have deandre hopkins and what you'll realize if you do have a guy like that like a guy like deandre hopkins a guy like todd Gurley, the whole reason you're stuck in the middle in the first place and this is what can happen sometimes the whole reason you get stuck in the middle is because you did hit on one of these guys. You do have a Julio Jones. You do have a DeAndre Hopkins. You do have a Todd Gurley. Those guys single-handedly will get you stuck in the middle because... If that's all you have on your team. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have, you have Those guys can single-handedly get you to the middle, but they can't get you any further. I mean, but if you'll, the, if you'll, you'll have other guys like, you'll have like guys that might, you know, name-wise, kind of look better than they were. You, know, you have Lamar Miller. As your running back, you know, say your running backs are Duke Johnson, who finished as running back one this year, Lamar Miller. Then you got DeAndre Hopkins, and then you have you know receivers like you know, like you said, Willie Sneed, 
who didn't really participate this year. Right, but, but some, Willie Sneed's of the past where they're, where they're hovering right around 900 yards and stuff like that. They're you know, basically – you can't have DeAndre Hopkins and then three number wide receiver threes. You yeah, know? you got uh, Golden Tate. Uh, you have Marvin Jones, guys like that, a little bit lower down on your roster that you're kind of like, okay, these are my guys, somewhat middle-aged, a little bit older. But you have that one guy who's a stud, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you keep the DeAndre Hopkins. Right. But then you sell – everybody else. And what I mean, like if you have that foundation piece, which is usually when you're stuck in the middle of like that, it's just one guy. Again, like DeAndre Hopkins or Todd Gurley. You take everybody else and you sell them. You sell them for either younger guys, a package of younger guys. If you can take, you know, an A.J. Green and get a package of Sterling Shepard, Cooper Cup, and a draft pick, then you do that to build another foundation of youth. Right. Where some people are like, oh, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm rebuilding, dude. I am right. blowing us up. I don't know where Stillen Shepard is going to be in three years from now. You don't know where Cooper Cup's going to be three years from now. These guys can be valuable wide receiver twos and a consistent I know where A.J. Green's going to be in three years from now. <laughs> exactly. And so the, you blow it, it the up. The glue factory. It's literally the worst place you can be right. in Dynasty. It's the least fun because you're not rebuilding, which means you don't have high draft picks. You don't have the challenge ahead of you. You're always looking for that one player that you think is going to take you to the next level, you're, you always say, oh, I'm one player away. I need that. You're not. You're not one player away. You're most likely like three players away. Yes, because your guys are bottom, you know, low-end wide receiver twos, high-end wide receiver threes. Your running backs are running, uh, both running back twos. Your quarterbacks, quarterback seven. You have you have no tight end. You know, you think the missing piece is a tight end because your tight end's, you know, Jason Witten, but it's not. <laughs> you need to You need to blow it up. So if you fin- it's it's really that quite simple. You blow it up, you keep your foundation piece, you you get rid of every single player, you grab youth, and you grab as many draft picks as possible, and you hope to get back there in three years. So once you blow it up, you just go you go from point B to back where we were just talking about about rebuilding, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Never be stuck in the middle. Never be stuck in the middle, man. Never be stuck in the middle. The best thing we do, we've done a podcast on this before, is be realistic with your team, right? Don't Go back and search for that one. Yeah, <laughs> we, because we, we dropped some good say, knowledge on we that. We say this when you draft your team. We mentioned this earlier in the pod. You get these rookies. You get attached to them, and you're like, "Oh, I got th- these are my picks, man. These are this is my foundation." You get attached to it, and you get attached to this team. Sometimes you get overly attached to your dynasty team, and unfortunately, you don't become very realistic of where your team can get you. So look at ADP. See where your guys are getting drafted. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. See where they finished. Over the last three years, how many times did they finish as a wide receiver one, running back one? Where are they at in the middle? You can still get value for these guys. And maybe you could get a good package for them, too. Maybe you have to package Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. And Marvin Jones, I think, just finished as a wide receiver one. But maybe you have to package both of those guys for uh, multiple draft picks. And don't and do not do this. Both those guys actually finished as, as wide receiver ones, number 11 and 12, respectively. Okay, well, those are going to get you pretty far. Yeah. And again, those are not exact guys. I'm just trying to use right, guys. No, I'm thinking they're like are like the middle rows, and yeah, they finished the wide receiver one next, this year, but they're not guaranteed to be wide receiver no. ones next year. No, they're not. Uh, th- we always see them. not with guys. Like, I mean, Odell's coming back and and, and stuff like that. Corey so Davis is Corey, coming back. Corey Davis will <laughs> get a bump. So some other guys will get bumps. I mean, even when this goes back to the point A of rebuilding, even when you're stuck in the middle, don't fall into the sucker trap of saying, "Hey, man, I'll give you my whole draft class for those two guys." You're like, "Ooh, I'm getting five draft picks." When you're really not getting five draft picks. Because no. remember, the only picks that really matter, for the most part, 
are first and second rounders. Right. Those other ones are just dart throws, man. Yeah. The four, the fourth and fifth round pick you get are literally almost just roster. They're good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, if somebody's going to give them to you and you and you'll take them, you'll take them. But you need more. But it needs to be, it needs to be fair based on the first and second round pick yes. alone. And you, you'll take all the other crap if they want to give it you, to you. You come back and say, "Hey, dude, keep the third, fourth, and fifth, and mm. just give me another second next year." Right. You know, something along those lines. But it's basic. If you're stuck in the middle, blow it up. Yep. One hundred percent. So now let's get to the place you want to be. So say you finally rebuild, you you done you done everything you can, and you get to the top, right? This is where the act transactions become drastically different. Now, when you're going doing everything you can to get these players in you can't that you want and build this roster, your mindset is doing you're doing everything you possibly can to win. Yeah. To win. You're 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 giving up a first round pick for an older guy. Because you know your first round picks later, and that older guy's gonna help you win. You're doing that because you gotta win. We say this, we've said this, we've been doing the podcast for four years. We've said this probably a thousand times. It does not matter how good your team looks on paper. What matters is either you're winning championships or you're not. Because that's all anybody's gonna remember, right? I've had the sexiest rosters of all time and come in second place many times. Does not do me any good. Doesn't make you feel good, does it? The roster value changes every year. You know what I mean? Let's look at ADP. It changes every single year. Guys that were one year looking, you're the best running back squad in the whole league. Very next year, you have the third worst running back squad in the entire league. You can't just assume your team's going to be good for three years. You can't assume that. Nope. Because odds are it's not going to be good. Something's changing, years. man. Free agency's coming. An injury's happening. They're going to unexpectedly draft a guy at the position of of somebody that you think's a stud on your team, and all and of a sudden – And the it, guy just gets worse. Yep. The guy just gets worse. So you have to seize the moment. you got to carpe diem. Indeed. Right? you got to do what you can to win. And that means, you know, you trade – so you have some gun, young guys on depth, don't be afraid to trade them. You got some good pieces here on the side. Don't be afraid to trade them. Do all that you can to get the player that you need to win. Because remember, the whole reason we play Dynasty Fantasy Football is to win. Championships, sirs and ma'ams. And and those championships are bragging rights forever. Somebody could be talking the biggest smack and you just look them right in the face. They came in second five years in a row. And you're looking at you like, oh, you won one championship. One more than you did, buddy. That's right, Turdberg. What's your name on that trophy? Huh? I don't see any engraving on that bad boy. Speaking of which, I got to get that thing engraved. So it's literally the most important thing possible is winning. It's everything. It's all you. It's a whole. It's all you're trying to do. You're acquiring all this other stuff in Dynasty to get you to the promised land. Yeah, it's a nice fluffer if you win three straight in your two Dynasty, or if you win back to back ships. That's even better. I mean, I don't know who you're talking to. Probably. I'm talking to the wall. Probably the guy that's right across uh, the table here from me, but uh, go ahead. But again, don't be afraid to do all that's possible. Definitely draft draft picks or draft picks, smack picks. Right. No, Trade absolutely. those bad boys. Yep. You don't, those, you're trying to win a ship. So if you have to give up a first to get, you know, player A or player B or, you know, hey, I'll give you my first for Frank Gore and you give me your second and then you're moving back some or something along those lines, then you do that to help you win. What's nice, too, is when when you're at the top is you have more flexibility to take a little bit more risk as well when it comes to youth because you have time 
to wait on some of these guys to develop. Some people do get a little bit more antsy. You can, you already have a really good team around you, so you have some flexibility usually because you have really good players that people are going to want on their team. No, I, I I agree with that, and that was partially the, that was part of the reason why I I drafted a guy like uh, Doriel Green Beckham. It was it was right in the midst of a championship run. It was the twelfth pick and in the draft and I was like oh I'll take a shot at this guy because he's got such great talent I know he's kind of a head case and we'll see this is like a big boom or bust type of pick and it ended up being a bust but I the mean, last pick of the first round right. such high upside and you and we were when he was coming out that's what we said we're like hey this guy's a lot of risk right we like him we think it's worth the risk right and he flamed out he flamed he out yeah I mean he turns out yeah he's just a knucklehead but so. you kind of draft those guys and some of those times they will pan out right you know so when you're at the top you can't just think of, okay, I'm at the top. I don't have to do anything. That's not the case either. If you want to win multiple championships, you want to stay on top, you kind of got to still follow the basic rules of the, you know, from plan A2 is constantly tinkering with your roster. Where When you're at the top is what I, I like to do in my rosters that I'm at the top on, that I've been able to like consistently stay on the top as well, is look at my roster and see, okay, I have a really good team, man, and – Usually on a really good team, like we said, you have a really good starting lineup, and then you have some good players behind that for depth. And, okay, I like player B, a guy like Sterling Shepard, maybe perhaps. Or even a guy like Cooper Cup. You know, like, I like him right now. He's my wide receiver four or my wide receiver five. I can flip my wide receiver three right now and get, you know, this or that. And I can move Cooper Cup into that, you know, wide receiver three spot and probably still be okay because I'm strong everywhere. And that he can kind of still get me by, but I need to go say I'm old at running back, Mm -hmm. right? Like I need to get another running back and maybe if I can flip this receiver for this first round pick, uh, and then I can take my first round pick and then his first round pick and move up five spots to get a Sony Michelle. Now all of a sudden, then I'm secure at running back because maybe I only have Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell, and I have nobody else. And I'm a championship-caliber team, and I just won the championship, but I did on the backs of Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. But I have no depth there. And, yeah, one one injury to Melvin Gordon's little, little tricky knee, and you're done. You're scared. Yeah, and my little, I have no chance to win it. So, like, right. what do I have to do? In the Dynasty Nerds League, I took that advantage of, of I made multiple moves of acquiring extra picks to keep moving up a little bit, moving up a little bit, which ended up getting me, ultimately, Leonard Fournette. Right. Which puts me now in a position of having three stud running backs, like I mentioned before. But don't be afraid to look at your team either where you're less at the position or even older at the position to think of, okay, how can I get guys, again, that I can take a little risk on? A guy like Mike Williams, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, this guy might be frustrated Mike Williams he can produce. He's already done with him, all right? You can see he's kind of some frustrated with him. Everybody's talking bad about him. Well, I give this guy in my first you know, definitely a team like that's already rebuilding already because already had a drive, draft pick of Mike Williams. Like, okay, what if I give you, you know, this receiver who's my wide receiver five, for example, which good teams have those, and my first for Mike Williams. Now this player that has Mike Williams is saying, okay, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna player I could start because now your wide receiver five is a startable player on, on his a team. rebuild sure. is a starter on his team and he's getting extra first. That's where you take advantage of the system where when we say, hey acquire those draft picks, right? Acquire those draft picks to rebuild. A lot of people, we said, again, will, they'll overpay for draft picks. They mm-hmm. they see draft pick as that next A.J. Green, like we said before. Don't be afraid to take advantage of that as well to 
get a player that you believe in, i.e., like we mentioned earlier, a younger player. Just as you're doing it when you're, as a rebuild team, you can do the same thing on the flip side as an older team where you can use your draft picks as assets, assets to get players you want. Because you can, you can get Mike Williams now on your roster, mm-hmm. and you can be like, okay, I don't need Mike. I'm already a championship-caliber team right. as it is. But this will keep me on top in yeah. three years when he comes around and, and is healthy and all that. Right. I have Golden Tate, who's 29. Right. Right? So he's for sure probably going to be done here in two years. Well, in two years, and if Mike Williams is ready, now all of a sudden, because if you have a championship-caliber team, now you have that DeAndre Hopkins, and you have Golden Tate. And then you have Marvin Jones with the Cooper Cup behind him, and they're both, and you won because those are older receivers. Well, now all of a sudden you're in a nice fluid situation where Mike Williams comes up and he mm-hmm. finally does pay off, and he now all of a sudden he's like a low end wide receiver one, which means he's making that rise to become that next DeAndre Hopkins because usually that takes to become that guy usually takes about five years yep. to get yourself from the wide receiver one position overall. All, those yes, top tier guys the, all the way up there. Yep, you so, can you can break out before you get to that to that level. Yes, so you grab those guys. Maybe yep. you go out there and get a Josh Gordon. You know what I mean? Some of those. And mostly when we say build around wide receivers, those are the kind of guys you want to get. So those are the guys you're going to kind of focus on. They're going to hold good value some of those young receivers. So don't be afraid to make those moves when you're on top as well. Don't just get cushy because you're the champion and Queen's playing in the background. Make sure you get out there and you're kind of you're setting yourself up for the future too. That's what I like to do when I'm on top. I love to try and get those younger guys that people are kind of like, we were high in at one point and kind of slowly paying, sl- like slamming down on the wayside because they haven't produced right away. I made the move when I said Eddie L- Lacy. I used Eddie Lacy in the first to get DeAndre Hopkins when he was super young because mm-hmm. I still believed in the Hopkins and he didn't produce right away nope. his first year. Right. So I was like, dude, yeah, he's going to be good. Same way I feel about Corey Davis. I know Corey Davis is going to be good. If he's not, then he's not. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, crystal ball tells me it's going to be good. I trust my crystal balls. Okay? I don't see why you wouldn't. So if I can take the guy who was number one one in last year's class, which was extremely strong, and I can give up A, B, and C to get that guy on my roster on a championship caliber team, I am making that move. I am making that move to help me be in still the same position down the road. If I have to give up, you know, if I have a good strong core of receivers, I can give up Julio Jones and get Corey Davis and another good receiver or another good high draft pick, I'm making that move. You know what I mean? If I can benefit my team for the long term what do you think as a as a champion and a, right. and a multiple champion think what do you like to do when you're when you're sitting up there to keep your team fluid well i mean it, it obviously helps to hit on the late picks i mean that's i mean that's the best way to just keep it going without getting too tricky but you do have to make trades also to stay on top like you were saying but the the thing i've found is the, the longer you are sitting there on top the harder it is to actually pull off trades the the less likely people are willing to trade, especially guys that have good players, they're like, no way, man, you've got enough good players on your team. I'm not helping you. I'm not helping you anymore. You really have to find the right guy in the right situation at the right time. Everything's got to be perfect for you to pull off one of these trades. Where that's, that's probably per league. I see in our league, because our Dynasty Nerds league, like we're all good friends. We're all we've good all, friends. We've, we've all been in the league for 15 years. So that gets a little bit more personable where like I see it too. Like, dude, no, I'm not making a damn trade with Matt. Right. He's just won three and straight. I'm not helping him win four straight. I don't care if his trade is better than I'm getting the best end. I'm not helping him exactly. whatsoever. I'm going to watch him burn. Exactly. People just start getting to that point where they've seen you on top too long. They're not even going to do anything, even if they're getting the better end of the deal, like you said. So, I mean, it, it gets a little tricky, and, and you know, obviously the best way to do it is just to hit on the draft picks if you still have some. That's where I'm starting to, like, 
my team is starting to get a little older in that league, and it's because I've used draft picks to get players at key times to win me championships three in a row to the point where now I, I, I would have to be hitting on like mid round picks to stay afloat. And it's much harder, which is very, it's a lot harder to do. So, um, and it's not like the team's decimated and horrible. Like I could, I could trade a couple guys and be right back in it and be fine. I could probably stay pat and still be in it and be fine. Um, but you can see where else is your roster say you're still contending. You can say, okay, I know I'm getting to the point where I'm at the start twink tinkering. This I'm, little I'm bit. starting to see, yeah, cracks in the armor type of thing. And when you're at the top, look at it this way. To me, this is the ultimate way to, and we'll get out on top of this as well. The structure, people are like, what's the best structure of a dynasty team? We've covered this. I think we covered this topic like two years ago, I think, on a podcast. And we were both in the same sync on this, so you're gonna, you're probably still gonna agree with me on this. The best overall structure of a dynasty team is to have a couple good old players, oh yeah, some good younger players, and some guys are on a coming on the up. You want to have a really good when you look at your roster as a whole. You want to be like a trail mixed bag. Oh yeah, you got some nuts, you got some chocolate, you know. You got a little mix of this, a little mix of that. You want to have it. You don't want to have a. You don't want to have all young team. No, no. And but on the way up, you do. You on, do on the way up. By the time, but the, by the time your championship, you want to have sold off a couple of those guys for proven veterans and stuff I, like that. When on the way up, yeah. you have you have all that youth. You're filtering through the the garbage because you know fifty percent of that's going to be missed anyways for yeah. the most part. No, absolutely. You're gonna you're gonna filter way through it because you're you have three years to filter through that. Right. Everybody else does not have that because again, when you look at your team on paper, it's all super young, and you say, "Dude, my team in three years is gonna be so good. Look at these players I got." Never happens. Nope. Literally, never happens. I've been covering, studying dynasty fantasy football. I'd say hardcore for ten years. Never once have I seen a team that people tell me. This team is so sweet. It's going to be good in three years. I'm going to win four straight. Never once have I seen that team win four straight. Never. Not, not without a, doing stuff. On, never on top in of the it, history. Yeah. yeah right. On that paper of young team. Right. So you can't get by with that. You don't want to have an old, all old team because then all of a sudden your team is going to just be old and useless and you're going to be at the bottom with a bunch of old players that nobody wants. You have no assets and you're literally relying on your only draft picks are your draft picks, which again, you're going to hit on maybe you have the first pick in every round. You're, you're lucky to hit. On three of those would be a success. You're looking at like a five-year rebuild if you do it that way because you're going to have to hit on a guy or two and then trade them for multiple things and then start all over again. Yeah, so it's a nice fluid situation. Right. So when you sit on top, once you get to the top, if you can maintain that fluid situation. So when you're on top, your main focus is trying to win, but you're also focusing on making sure you still have some youth on the bottom end of that that could turn into viable starters because you want to keep the nice never-ending cycle. Because if you can do that, that's the ultimate dynasty dream team right there is when you build that trail mixed bag of players where, like we said, Golden Tate goes out, Mike Williams comes in. Right. You know? No, absolutely. I mean, that's... Uh, Golden Tate goes out, Tyreek Hill slides right in. Stuff like, I mean, yeah. stuff like that. I Robert mean, Rob t- goes out, Dallas Goddard comes right back exactly. in. Exactly. You have a late round, first round pick, and we're sitting here saying Dallas Goddard's the next Travis Kelsey, and all of a sudden you have a you have a late pick, and you already have Rob Gronkowski, and you have Adam Shaheen too. But again, he's the best player available. 
you take them. Slide them hey, in. And you're not playing them right away. Don't ever think about, again, oh, who's going to contribute right away? This is dynasty. It's long term. Most of these rookies are not going to contribute right away. Right. You slide them in there. Two years from now, Rob Gronkowski out. All of a sudden, the no- new number three overall tight end comes in, Dallas Goddard. Did you need him? Nope. But guess what? It's not about what you need today. It's about what you're going to need tomorrow as well. This is not redraft. It's dynasty fantasy football. We're building our team for long-term success, and that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back next week talking a little bit uh, more dynasty fantasy football. True statement. Uh, I think we're going to cover this all the way up until we get to the combine, which is in a couple weeks. Oh, uh, yeah, end of the month. In yep. a month, and we're going to start doing yep. some hardcore combine. And then from that, it's just rookies. Only. Rookies, rookies, all rookies. So a couple evergreen episodes in here just to kind of – you know, talk general. This is a slow season in this part, but it's the beginning for us. It is. We're and digging in here. We'll start digging deep in player by player rookie analysis and building our overall big board for the 2018 rookie class. Oh, I can't wait. That can be too shabby, right? No, it's going to be pretty good. So far, so good. I like it. Yeah. There's some players that are they're really starting to pop out. Really like these running backs. Yeah. Some are looking kind of sexy. Running backs. The tight ends are looking oh, good. These tight ends are good. Yeah. Just. Uh huh. Don't talk about that. Easy. So in the meantime, if you want to talk a little bit Dynasty, you want to talk about Josh McDaniels coming and going, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You follow the site at Dynasty Search. Make sure you get on DynastyRich.com and join our group chat. We have this awesome Facebook page. Uh, you join it. You can join right from the Dynasty Nerds website. So much goes on that page. It's They have polls going on. People put a question on there. 30 people answer right away. Oh, it's awesome. The Facebook page is awesome. If you want, Leave us a rating review. You can do that on iTunes. We're up to like, I looked uh, today, we're at 445. I was going to say, we got to be getting close to 450, right? Oh, yeah. The count. Mm-hmm. When we get to 475, which it might take all year, then we'll, we'll start to count down. Nice. Uh, but yeah, thanks to all those people that do leave a rating review. Much appreciated. And uh, of course, if you want to represent your rookie draft, you start getting ready for it. Psh, Dynasty Nerds t shirt. It's on the website. Nothing says intimidation like a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Most comfortable shirt you'll ever wear. Guaranteed to increase your high five intake and your love life. Whoa. I've seen that one firsthand. Mm, And how. So until (laughs) then. One day you're here. Next day you're gone. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.